This podcast is What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Bourbon and Borderlands here on the Black Tastic Podcast Network. I am one of your hosts, Panama Dontavius Jackson, not of the Gary Indiana Jacksons. I am not related to Tilo, Marlon, or Randy, unfortunately. I am joined by the coolest set of folks on this side of the planet. Corey, Jabri, Shawnee, and Janae. How are y'all doing? Lovely. Great. Great, man. All right. I gave all that damn energy, and I just gave great. <laughs> didn't give it back. I, gave, I didn't get none of that back. We didn't. What happened? I mean, well, to I was be excited. transparent, <laughs> to be transparent, we are recording at the end of the workday, <laughs> and so. <laughs> Me too. I mean, yes, Me too, yes, shit. you're fair, fair. Our, our energy will it'll it'll meet you. It will we'll get there. I believe. I believe in. I believe in miracles. I believe in magic. <laughs> I believe in you. Um, Appreciate it. <laughs> we are here as we usually are to discuss uh our show queen sugar this is episode seven i believe and it is june 1st 2020 is the is the title of the episode uh, which is a couple of days before my birthday which is june 3rd different life than what's happening in st joe's around that same time but you know everybody was in it, it was a it was a rough time for black america uh, right after the George Floyd, right after the the video from George Floyd and the social unrest everywhere, I remember thinking to myself on my birthday if I was going to go out and protest, but because of the Rona, I was like, I probably won't. Uh, I will yeah. protest at home and be there in spirit with everybody else who is braving the streets. Yeah, that was a legit factor for me. Like, you know, <laughs> God bless everybody that went out in the streets, that took to the streets, did what they had to do, but I was like... I got I got people to protect. I can't be bringing the Rona back in the house, but it's definitely my heart was with everybody though. Yeah, it was interesting to watch too because as I saw people, all I kept thinking was I kept looking for all the masks and looking at how many people didn't have masks on and being like, "Wow!" Like, I hope this doesn't. I was caught up in that in like the news cycle of hoping this doesn't somehow be like super spreader yeah. events that increased the the strain on the healthcare systems because of all this stuff happening. Like I was very proud of everybody that was out there and but I was also concerned about what that how that was going to impact the our response to the coronavirus. I mean, I did go out one day. I think it was maybe the 6th of June. Um and I was actually surprised because I saw more people wearing masks than I thought. Um, so I guess it really just depended on like where you were. And, you know, I think as time went on, as I know, by the time <laughs> Juneteenth rolled around, I was <laughs> seeing a, a little bit fewer masks. But, um, you know, when the when the protests, you know, first began, I thought everybody was actually doing a pretty good job. But I mean, it's not to say that it wasn't a concern for sure. And so it was just kind of a risk, risk benefit thing that everybody had to kind of go through for themselves if you wanted to try it or not. Yeah. Well, that was the, uh, you know, the after the after effects are, are on display in this episode, uh, especially just in terms of how the, the, the impact. We'll talk more about that because there's there was a lot to unpack in this episode, I think, just in terms of 
where people are individually and how like the the impacts of all this stuff can cause one person to to respond one way another person another way so i look forward to having that conversation especially because i wasn't here last week so i get to get in on uh some of that last time man i good conversation too like i was really sad that i couldn't be part of some of the stuff that i wanted to argue with folks about but such as like well (laughs) i'm gonna say oh you miss us (laughs) i do i do i didn't i did miss it just say it just say it (laughs) it's fine it's okay we missed you too all right. Well, I, I, like I said, I'm on, I'm on recap duty day. So let's go ahead and let's go ahead and, and get right into it. I'm gonna try not to do this chronologically, but I'm probably gonna end up doing it chronologically. And I'm also trying to gonna try not to get off any jokes in places where the jokes aren't appropriate because this is heavy material. So let's start with Corey's favorite thing. Blue is a genius. They got that boy a test. That test came back Damn, and he wait. aced it with flying colors. Um, apparently, he's smarter than the average bear. We already know that they've been hinting at this. All season, anytime they can point out that, anytime that it can be pointed out how bright blue is, it comes up. Charlie, woo, child, Charlie, they they try to take my boo out the game. Um, Corey's boo, mm. I'm gonna call it my boo for the sake of this, but she's stressed, <laughs> not feeling. So when she when she got out of bed, it was kind of like you know touching her neck. I was like, uh oh, uh oh, they mm-hmm. she gonna be the one, which also made me nervous for other reasons. But we'll get there. So. Vi and Hollywood experience some of the struggles of 2020. Vi trying to keep everything the same. Hollywood is like, eh. I'm a little bit annoyed by everything right now. I'm drinking the breakfast of champions in the morning. I'm pissed at little things like moving my boots. I'm mad at you <laughs> checking up on folks again. You know, Hollywood, Hollywood is going through right. it. Hollywood is not a happy, Hollywood's not a happy man right now. I thought it was cute. Nova's planning a march for children in St. Joe's. I also and very much knew that wasn't going to happen. I knew that was going off the rails at some point. They are still in St. Joe's. Uh, Mike is going to take his uh, camera skills and his iPod, uh, um, iPhone to, to Minneapolis so he can use his tremendous influence to do more good. Um, I did think it was a touching a scene. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's. I would like to know how many followers he actually has so I can know how big a deal it really is, but apparently yes. he's famous. But I really, you know, yep. where you going, Micah, to where he was killed, Minneapolis. It's like deep, deep. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> when he said Minneapolis, I said Minneapolis like Janet Jackson said Minneapolis in like Escapade. I was like, Minneapolis. Um, uh, that's fair. I mean. Okay. Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> After the fact, <laughs> um, I thought it was dope how he was like, look, I'm not asking for your permission. I'm asking for your support. I think yeah. the scenes with them are actually really good. Like the their dynamic, like as, as mother and son, like I really, I, I like seeing that. Yeah, I agree. But unfortunately, we do see Charlie kind of, you know, she's, she's kind of going, she's going through it, right? Like we see her with the, with the uh, shea butters <laughs> and things. Is she on the phone with, with Nova? She's trying to butter, lather herself up and. You know, I don't know what kind of uh, tussin concoction she's out there working with, but it ain't going to work, boo-boo. <laughs> it is not going to work. Blue, Ralph Angel, Darla making signs to get ready for the march. Uh, touching moments, Darla struggling with having to explain nuances and things of racism and police brutality to Blue. Breaks my heart because I'm afraid I'm going to have to have those same conversations with my kids, and yeah. I do not look forward to it. Aww. Um, I'm. This is gonna be terrible. But what's Calvin's daughter's name again? Courtney. 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 All right. Yes. So <laughs> Nova is driving with Calvin and Courtney back to Austin. Is she riding with Calvin? 
Listen. <laughs> <laughs> blurry, blurry Calvin is getting gas and he's showing up. So Calvin, they rolling back. The point is they rolling back to Austin. And I actually, you know, y'all had, y'all, you know, y'all, there was a conversation about um, Courtney and I, I disagree with some of it. Like, I think we'll talk about it. We will. We will. I mean, y'all talked about it already, but you know, like also, we'll talk about it again. But, you know, I like that she feels dumb and white. And she just wants to be a good ally because that, that being uncomfortable is how you get better. And she yes. keeps putting her foot in her mouth, but then she ponies up eventually. And is like, look, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be better. And Noah's like, yeah, that's how you do it. And I was like, yeah, that is how you do it. But of course, because well, Nova loses the permit. I already said it was going to happen. We knew that was coming. The Ralph, Ralph Angel, Blue and Darla, um, <laughs> with their protest on the farmland <laughs> on the corner of the street, um. That scene broke me down. I was watching when when the police officer showed up. We know how it was going. We know Ralph Angel ain't about to catch a hot one right now. But the potential for it yeah. really got me. Like, it really got me. Charlie tells Envi about Micah. Envi, like, like what, do you, what do you think you're doing? Blah, blah, blah. And the only thought that I had was, ooh, Charlie not feeling well, Envi. I really hope. <laughs> I really uh-huh. hope that that's a mask with a filter. You double masked it up. Obviously, she on vibe with the good lines. Ain't nobody okay right now. You know, Hollywood ain't in a good spot, blah, blah, blah. I wanted to punch the cop when he said, catch you later, little man. I forgot. I put that in my notes. I missed that. <laughs> missed that earlier, but I really wanted to punch it's the cop when he said that. for me. Oh, yeah. 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 That was over the line, yeah. It was over the line. Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you, that, yeah, we'll get to we'll get to that. Prosper in Hollywood watching an old uh, basketball game, and Prosper points out it's a shame when you're looking forward to an old <laughs> game because it ain't no new ones. And I, in, in my head, I was like, "Don't worry, Prosper. The bubble, the bubble cometh. You got about a month. <laughs> the Lakers gonna take that chip in 2020. You will get you a season, Prosper. I promise." It um, was the sad time, though. It was no sports. Nothing. And then you know we get to the end. Ralph Angel getting emotional with with Hollywood on the phone. I thought that was actually really deep. I thought that was dope just to see you know like two black men kind of talking through talking like Hollywood need to talk about his stuff too, but. You know, he's trying to, like, get Ralph Angel to let it out. I thought that was really dope. Prosper being a voice of reason to, to Hollywood, because he always is, because Prosper is the greatest human being of all time. And then the episode ends with, I mean, Charlie going through it. She She's down bad, and she she ain't nobody available, so she got to call Davis. And the only thought that I had was, why not 911? <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> we needed to see that Davis phone call on it, because Davis going to have to come to the rescue somehow. And that was episode seven, June first, twenty twenty. Uh Very that's the recap. Day. Yeah, it was it was a lot, it was a lot going on here. We're gonna take a real quick break and then we'll be right back with The Good, the Bad, and the Rona. I'm Bourbon and Board Loans. And welcome back to Bourbon and Border Loans here on the Black Sidestick Podcast Network. It is time for the good, the bad, and the Rona. So I'll start off light. Um, I had mentioned before that my good sis Darla is just really out here becoming every woman. I mean, we saw her before sewing. I don't know what she was making. Um, right. We saw her. We saw her. Reupholstering. Um, reupholstering. We saw, was she doing something with the cabinets? I don't remember what she I was don't know, Dustin. She was definitely standing on the on the on the, <laughs> on the uh, counter, right? Yes, yeah, so maybe some carpentry. We, some carpentry, right? <laughs> and now my good sis has a garden. Pop out! Don't tell my boo that she is not every woman because she absolutely is. Okay, 
she planted a salad. <laughs> <laughs> but there are several ingredients. So I mean, several. so that means okay. you know, we got a few different things going on. We contain multitudes, don't play. <laughs> so I just I you know love to see it. You know, my my good sister's out here being resourceful, okay? She doesn't have a job to go to right now, but guess what? Guess what she is doing? She's taking care of her home. Amen. Period. Love to see it. Um, we we've already addressed that blue is officially a genius. So Corey can now stop hating. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Corey, how do you feel about blue's genius? Genius dumb. Man, first of all. It's got to be something up with it. I don't. I don't, I don't <laughs> it's a conspiracy. But I mean, Blue is a disappointment this episode anyway. You know. What did he do this episode? Okay, no, no, never mind. No, when Ralph Angel needed him to say Black Lives Matter, where was oh. he at? He left his daddy out there hanging by himself. <laughs> he was like, Blue, say it, <laughs> say it, Blue. Blue, nowhere to be found. That's Please. what happened when you raise your son soft in the time uh, a need. They, <sighs> he didn't come through. That was on Ralph Angel. We'll get there, but that was we will Ralph get Angel. there. That was definitely okay. Ralph we'll Angel. get we'll get there. Okay, <laughs> Ralph Angel. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so um, it looks like this was touched on very very briefly, but it looks like Bordelon and West may have found a little loophole in stopping the the highway from being built built for now. Mm-hmm. Apparently, um, Micah and maybe I missed that before, but Micah found something, some claws okay. or something that I got a question. Yeah. Oh. Does Micah have a microfiche in the house? I ain't oh. seen one of those outside of a library. She said it was like the only copy on a microfiche. Well, like... so I, when when it happened, though, I re- they didn't say what it was. But I remember when they were looking through all those documents and he was right. like, hey, my look, I might have found something. And she was like, oh, yeah, this might be something. And I remember in that moment, right. I was like, well, what was it? And so, so was that it? I guess that was what it was. Yeah. So we closed that loop. Saying she mentioned microfish, and I'm like, they got it in the house. He found Please. it in the house. <laughs> so, is, so is that why, like, Parker is gone? So we don't got to deal with them no more because because that's dead for for, for uh, TBD IDK. I don't know because she Parker. said the Landrys and and all of them. She said they are done out of business. Okay, so Parker is gone. We ain't heard from her since. I mean, that's at least that's what it seems like. I don't know if that actually <laughs> you know wraps that whole uh, plot up into a bow. Um, right. But at least that's what, you know, that's what Charlie believes for the time being. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure Parker isn't going to go away that easily. Yeah, no. I'm not convinced. Yeah, white either. supremacy is resilient. Okay. <laughs> You're right. It will lay and their paws. <laughs> okay. Um, you touched on this a little bit, um, Panama, but the the men showing emotion, the way that this show captures that. I mean, we see we see a lot of crying. We see a lot of men kind of confiding in each other. Um, and we noticed, I, I noticed that Hollywood was not, he wasn't really talking to Vi about anything in any way that he was feeling, but he was kind of leaning on Ralph Angel. And maybe that's why he called Ralph Angel and interrupted his honeymoon mm-hmm. last episode because he didn't want to talk to Vi. Maybe he just wanted to talk to Ralph Angel really that bad. You know, they tell each other, they love each other often. I just think that's just, you know, you don't see that a lot on TV, especially with amongst black men. So I just wanted to call that out. That is, I think that's dope. Agree. Yeah, yeah I agree too. I liked it a lot. I like seeing that type of stuff. Mostly because we, I do it with my boys. Like we're, you know, we, you know, if you got something going on, you, you, I know I have somewhere that I can go for that. You know, I know I have an outlet, somebody that's going to hear me out and tell me what I need to hear, but also like force me to get whatever's going on out of my head. You know what I'm saying? Or at least try. 
I think Hollywood was kind of able to have a breakthrough through his conversation with Ralph Angel too. Cause I mean, I think a lot of the same advice he was given to Ralph Angel about just how just let it out. You know, I think Hollywood in a way had been kind of suppressing and, you know, kind of stuffing those feelings down and, you know, maybe he needed to just do the same, be vulnerable, let it out, you know, which usually he's typically, you know, pretty good about, I think, or has been, but you know, Vi is not always that easy to talk to. I mean, fair. She, okay. you know, she can come in situations a little, a little strong sometimes when maybe a softer touch might be what is necessary. So I can see Hollywood maybe, you know, being a little hesitant to to overshare because Vio, Vio really make you face your stuff, and maybe Hollywood's not quite ready for that. I'm ready to do that. Yeah, yeah it doesn't really seem like he wants to talk to her. Uh, from my perspective, like he just no, wants he to you know, go on with his day, you know, this stuff. And it can be hard to talk about it all the time, you know, especially when it's not yeah. changing and you feel like, you know, my word's not going to change nothing. And no point in me sitting over here stressing out about it all day, like just watch the game and had his beer. So I think that's probably at the point where Hollywood is. Yeah, I can see that. What I'm going to touch on next is, is kind of layer for me. So I'm Placing it into the good, but this is the last good. So I was going to segue into the bad. Well, you thought grown men crying was the good section? I thought we were already in the bad. Yes, I, I said that that was good. It's good. Oh, it's too old for that. It's too old it's for staying. that. It's Shut okay. up. Okay. <laughs> Hush, Corey. March for the kids. So I think that it is. it was a good gesture, right, to put that together. But I'm very conflicted about bringing I – I just – like it's it's good that she's creating the experience, but like when you look at it, it's like you know we got we got babies making BLM posters. Like why they gotta do why they gotta do that? Why do we have to have why do we have to have these talks with our children? Why do we have to have our kids out here protesting for basic human rights? Like you know, I mean I understand yeah. like you know children are our future. Like you know start them out young and get them you know involved, but it's just so heavy for them. Like it's not fair that that we would need to create a children's protest like that that don't sound wild a children's so, protest are you saying that maybe there shouldn't be a children's version of the protest or are you say, or I, are you lamenting the fact that the children's protest is necessary i'm lamenting the fact that the children's protest is necessary okay yeah because because I, I would say maybe the children's protest was not necessary mm, right and, i mean because that's kind of a theme of the episode you know we i don't want to you know, Step on where we're going with uh, with uh, with Blue and Ralph Angel, mm-hmm. but you know, let the kids be kids. Yeah, you know, yeah. like they don't have to pick up the mantle. That's our job. Yeah, you know, we're supposed to be out there. You know, people are supposed to be protecting the kids, and I can see how maybe it would be sentimental, maybe pull on some heartstrings to see the babies out there with their signs, but you don't want to use them as a as like a chess piece or a pawn or a prop. And you want to let the kids be kids and let them have their innocence and their happiness and not ruin, you know, you don't want them to feel like it's on them because it's definitely not. It's not their problem. They didn't make it. They just got here. They knew people. That's what children are, new people. So they didn't make the problem. So it's not on them to fix it. I remember there was a video going around of a little black girl um at some protest and she was out in the streets with the no justice no peace very passionate you know for 
for all intents and purposes, like it looked like it was coming from her spirit. Yes. And at first I saw a lot of, you know, you know, commentary around like, you know, you go baby. Da, da, da. But then of course, you know, after that, there was a lot of the commentary of like this, this, this little girl shouldn't even have to be out here like this. Um, and just the same things that you were saying, Jabri. And I guess I'm kind of stuck between the sentiment of, let the kids be kids because that's very fair and very valid but then to the extent that they know about it that they're still going to be inundated with all of this 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 content and all of these things that are happening around them and they want the outlet to express themselves in some kid appropriate way that's true i feel like maybe this march particularly for kids not not even necessarily bringing them to like the full-fledged adult <laughs> protest but I mean creating a creating a situation and environment for kids to express their kid feelings in a kid-friendly way you know I thought was a I don't know I thought maybe it was like the best way to be handled you know just in the context of everything that's going on but I mean I I, I see both sides of that completely mm-hmm. Did yeah. did anybody, um, Panama or Jabri, did any of you guys take your kids to protest? Like any ever? Of I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I know you guys. I mean, didn't I didn't leave the house for for none of that stuff, so I definitely didn't, and I don't know that I would have. I wouldn't. I I wouldn't have felt comfortable with my kids yeah. out mm-hmm. there as little as they are, and with all those people, and with all that. It's it just I just wouldn't have felt comfortable with them being there. Like I would have felt comfortable being there, and and felt like it was my place to be there. Yeah. But I kind of, I vacillate between kind of what you all are saying. Like, part of me doesn't like the idea of kids taking that much on and having to be that aware yeah. of what they're even marching for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm walking down the street for this, like, to lose your innocence that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, you saw what you saw how this impacted Blue, right? Little genius yeah. Blue, you know what I mean? But and imagine all these little kids who are that aware and have to know that. But at the other on the other end, they are going to get hit with that. They're going to know about it. They're going to hear about it. And it's a way to draw awareness. And, you know, one thing I will say is that I didn't know there was a children's march in 1963. This did highlight that mm-hmm. for me. And it did happen in mm-hmm. Birmingham. And these kids were arrested. These little children, like, mm-hmm. left school were arrested and stuff. Like, this is the Bull Connor days. This is, you know, this was um, organized by Reverend James Bevel. Like, it was, it was a thing. And I didn't even know it existed until this episode. So, that was interesting from a from a historical standpoint, but I, I the COVID kind of took that out of my hands and having to make that decision, yeah. and I don't know what I would have done otherwise. Because I mean, your kids are like you know five, six, four, five, six years old, but I'm thinking like if you're nine, ten, eleven years old, and just the way that you know kids have access to media, social media, like I I just feel like it's something that they come into contact with regardless. And so that ability to kind of be able to shelter and cover and, you know, block your kids off from some of these more, um, you know, some of this more difficult subject matter, I think a lot of that gets taken out of parents' hands. And so to that extent, then how do you address it? Like even, you know, you could tell that Vi had some issue with them being as transparent with Blue as they were being and wanting, again, to just keep him in the kid's place. But like how much is appropriate and and how much I mean to the extent that the kids have questions and that they know and they're seeing it and they you know they want answers like at what point 
do you say, okay, this is, this is too much or, you know, it's time to, it's time to just break it down. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not black and white. It's not let them in on everything or shelter them from everything. It's what they, what they learn about. You want to lean on like, um, the system uh for the movies right parental guidance right right, right. so they get this information and i i kind of show them or teach them or guide them through how to accept the information and how to use it and how to take it in because that's what they need they don't necessarily need to be immersed you don't need to sure. drop them in the deep end of the pool but you know you need to help them understand what they're seeing so even if they're not ready to go out and protest and like be in literal danger they still need to understand that that can happen and that's part of the world that they live in and that they're going to be responsible one day for navigating children through this through this world and just starting to understand from their perspective so that, so that when they're grown up, when they're in charge, then they kind of remember and they know they know what to do. They have that experience. They've seen it. They've heard it. They've learned about it. They know how I handled it. They saw me. They watched me. Yeah. They talked to me. And hopefully, you know, that combination of things helps them turn out to be good strong black people i get that yeah, my daughter's 12 and she asked a lot of questions i mean we mm-hmm. i had to actually talk to her about that type of stuff now she you know i don't i don't if there had been the opportunity to go out there and we had been in a different time when we were comfortable right. she might she probably would have wanted to go out there i mean yeah. she's a very opinionated uh young lady like she, she has very strong opinions about politics already. Like she's yeah. a reader, so she be she be in it, and she gets to it before I have to bring stuff up. You know, mm-hmm. why would Trump do X Y Z? Why would you know? And I'm just like, ooh, okay. They so have access to so much more information than we did at their age, and so they're able to form these real educated opinions about stuff. And so I think you know, a lot of times we look at it from the mindset of, you know, what we were thinking about when we were kids. And I just think just by nature of the time that we're in, these kids are already in a way that maybe they shouldn't have to, yeah. but they have, you know, a lot of that weight on their shoulders and, and feel that sense of social responsibility that, um, you know, I just don't think we were just privy to when we were kids. Courtney kind of touched on it. Once, once we found out that the children's March actually was not happening, she expressed some of the same sentiments that we did, you know, kids should be kids and maybe this was for the best. But for some reason, when she said it, it rubbed me the wrong way. She phrased it all wrong. She yeah. was like, maybe that was for the best. That That's not how you say that. Yeah. You say, well, maybe you could look at the, on, on the bright on side. On the bright side. Maybe yeah, it wasn't on the bright side. Out there, but yeah. that's not. There is yeah, no bright side. It wasn't the time. Uh, yeah, I, I thought, I thought maybe just, maybe shut up. Like, Look, stay out of Courtney came in hot on. Um, he tends to do. Man, what, 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 I, what I was going to say, she came in hot when it comes to like sexism, but her racism, her racism <laughs> learning curve, she's still at the bottom. She's still working her way up. So, not understanding how to say things or what is okay to say is where she's struggling. And it's where the whole be an ally thing. Like, I just want to be like, I want to be a better person. Like, she's good on sexism. So Nova saw that was like, yes, you're good. But then she dropped the ball. I still don't think she would have called that man Jimmy B. But, you know, like she she she's she got a lot of work to do when it comes to her allyship, when it comes to the race stuff. Well, sexism is something that she can, you know, speak to because that's a personal experience. When you talk about being an ally, you know, for racism, you know, that's an experience where she has to listen and learn 
and, you know, learn how to, you know, support and, and figure out, you know, where, when and when and where her voice is needed or not needed. Yeah. Um, so she's a work in progress. She is. And, and I think that was important to show because we definitely saw um, that in play, you know, when in the early in the summer we saw all these black squares and we saw you know all of this performative allyship mm-hmm. um and I think I don't I don't think that I think that Courtney really means well and I think that she really sure. wants to be a good ally but I think one of the things that we saw reflected was people were she, what did she say she said I feel like I don't know anything and that seemed yeah. to like really bother her like for for some people when you feel like you don't know anything what do you do you try to learn more you don't you don't just sit and feel defeated and not knowing anything and, and move on to the next thing but I think that what we saw with allyship in general over the summer is that people I guess were fatigued with being told mm-hmm. that they were not performing allyship correctly yeah and then getting mixed up between like their intention and the actual impact. Like it doesn't matter if you're well-intentioned, if the impact, you know, doesn't match what your intentions were. And so right. like, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, this well-meaning, you know, oh, I'll, all I want to do is support. But if it's not coming off that way to the people that you're trying to be an ally to, then you need to go back to the drawing board and figure out what is appropriate, what is helpful, what is needed. Um, and so hopefully, you know, Courtney is able to, you know, continue to grow <laughs> in her and her relationships with the communities that she wants to support and advocate for and with and yeah but you know she's her. um she's emblematic of what happened actually like what really happened last year so mm-hmm. soon as george floyd passes away we kind of have this racial reckoning and this is all through june and what happens all of a sudden every goddamn book about racism with the word racism in the title becomes a bestseller like mm-hmm. they're written by black people so Ibram Kendi's How to Be Anti-Racist is like yeah. the number one book in the country for like weeks, right? Like everybody, these books are flying out of stores. And I remember talking to the owner of Mahogany Books, which I do a lot of work with. And, you know, he was talking to him and reading articles where people are like, you know, I think it's great that these books are being purchased. I just hope they're reading them. Yeah. Right. And that There's gets that. back to the whole the well-meaning white thing. Like, you know, you buy the book, you, you know, you, you get it, you're supporting the cause. But are you actually taking and gaining anything from any of it. Are you reading? Are you doing the work? So even Courtney saying, I feel like I don't know anything makes sense to me because you don't know anything until you're put in a position where you have to actually employ any of that knowledge, right? So you could read The Fire (laughs) Next Time by Baldwin. You can read anything you want to, but until you have to use it in a way that actually benefits somebody else, you have no idea right? You have no clue what you're doing. And what does she do? Fumble. She keep fumbling because reading is only half the battle like you don't act you need right. to actually learn how to be an ally and what that means like being a, being a well-meaning white is awesome but <laughs> you know being a doing well doing well white <laughs> to help the cause is much better yeah for sure so you know i, I know that uh, you know courtney is no longer staying with nova so i don't know how much more that we'll see of her or get to experience her journey to being a good ally but i hope you know i have faith she cares. She she, she wants to make a difference. She does. She it ended on better terms than I thought it was going to, because I for sure thought Nova was was going to give Courtney the business like at least once. Well, Nova acknowledged that she had been hard on them too, right? She even said That's like, true. you know, it's like she you got to give people a chance to. You got to be. You got to give people a chance to learn and all that other stuff. So. Yeah, I, w- I was wondering what the dynamic had been in the house because you know by the time we got there, this episode Courtney was looking real like the situation had not been good. Like she looked like she was feeling real unwelcomed and and unwanted 
um, by that point. It had only been, what, a couple of days? I was about was, to say right, maybe five, six days. Definitely because didn't think that she would enjoy riding with her. She didn't think Nova was going to want to, like, I don't know, being stuck with us is not exactly your idea of a good time. So clearly yeah. she had right, so been picking up when Nova was put down and it hurt her feelings <laughs> to an extent. Yeah. Well, when you and, walk around yeah. with their eyes are watching God in a bottle of Hennessy, people going to look at you sideways. <laughs> so, you know, you got to, you know, it doesn't come across as authentic. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure Courtney would do that. I, I, be, I believe in Courtney's ability to, to impact change. I, I have faith in her. Yeah. And so I don't know. I also don't know if I missed this piece, but, I, you know, Calvin was in the car with them. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> but. He did not come home with Nova. Did, was he? Did he stay? Well, she flew Courtney? back. Remember? Yeah, she was flying, she was flying back. back. Oh, he had to drive back. Okay. Because okay. she doing a story about TSA, like how racist TSA is, or something, something along those lines. Yeah, like which I'd be interested to hear about because I don't think I heard anything about TSA treating black people a certain way during COVID. I mean, specifically for COVID. I don't know. Did you guys? I hear guess nobody did the story. To... That's why Nova's yeah, right. Exactly. She wanted nobody to know if that was a thing. Yeah. We didn't hear about it because we didn't know about it because Nova know. didn't write the story. Exactly. Okay. All right, all right. Makes sense. Um, all right, let's, so let's sh- <laughs> please. Let's nice contribution, Corey. We're right, playing the Calvin role right now. All yeah. right. Is Corey waiting. actually here? Just patiently, just patiently waiting for the hot topics. Oh, gosh. Okay. okay. All right. Well, uh, let's shift gears to Charlie. Like you said, uh, Panama, I knew in the beginning, I was like, okay, so Charlie's mental health is going gonna, is gonna to be a, a topic today. Um, who who is checking in with this? I mean, Charlie is is always the person who was like the strong person. The Charlie got it. She has it all together. She's all buttoned up. She's polished. But you know, we've never really seen. Or we've seen one time, maybe one or two times, where Charlie has like kind of broken down. But like this was like a new level of breakdown. That we is this not. like mental health or is this like a physical health? So I, 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 I thought I, she was know, having like a physical. It looked to me like on. she was having an anxiety attack. That's that's what I that's what I. A panic attack, perhaps, or something. It looked to me like she was having these aches and pains, a shortness of breath, aka Rona. Right. right. It looked like it was a physical thing going on. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I thought the mental stuff, like everything she was doing, it was just wearing her down. And then she got that, like the Rona was. The Rona decided to show up. Yeah. Well, I do. I do know that you know when you are experiencing some mental health crises, that there can be physical um, symptoms as well. So you know, I wasn't sure what to make of it, but that's true. Um. I do know there was nobody checking up on her. <laughs> if it was just like the the shortness of breath piece, maybe, but I think them setting the scene with the my neck hurt and the the like the, right. the aches and pains. Piece. Well, those are all things that can be symptoms of stress too, though. Hmm. Yeah, it's also it was- the Rona. It, 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 <laughs> yeah. it seemed like something physical was going on. It seemed like they were yeah. setting up something physical. I'm not uh, saying y'all wrong. I, I just yeah. didn't look at it that way immediately. No, I, can, I can see. I can definitely yeah. see how how. I mean, Micah is there for, her, but then he went to Minneapolis. And yeah. Micah also wasn't wearing no mask in the house y'all. either. He sure wasn't. He was out here in these streets. So I ain't worried about Micah up in Minneapolis. I definitely am like, oh, that boy then took the Rona on an airplane. With I was him. about to say, here we go. He's the yeah. he's 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 the outbreak monkey. He didn't win on the on the plane and and I don't maybe maybe I was projecting onto Charlie the mental health thing because when she finally called for help I kind of like I I felt that in my spirit like wow yeah. she actually called like for her to she apologized for calling and then she just finally had to like say like I need help and that's something that I struggle with personally like yeah. you kind of feel like everybody has their things that didn't well I, I can't call Nova because she's busy I can't call Anva she without even calling like who knows like if she would have called Anva Anva would have come. You know absolutely I mean? but she didn't want to she didn't want to 
to you know burden be a burden, burden people she didn't want to call vi she didn't want to call nova she didn't she had nobody to call and so when she finally called i'm like oh wow like that's that like knowing how much like i feel like that took a lot out of her to actually call and and say that she needed help and even with all of that being front of mind to even just get all the way down to Davis and being like, okay, this is my, my final option. Like all these other people who, in theory, if she would have called and said something, people would have been on the way. Right. But she's like the only person that I feel like I could, <laughs> Davis owes me. So he better show up. Like she had, to, that was her last resort. Um, I mean, wait, 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 that might not have been her last resort. Just because you were cheated on me, you are independable. Davis, you know, she just might have knew Davis was going to show up and help out. But it well, for sure. Was her I mean, that's, resort, though. it was, it was, he was <laughs> dependable. He would show up, but it was for sure her last resort. It literally was the last <laughs> resort. <laughs> oh, she did. She, she, she skipped all the people, all her fam to call her ex cheating husband. Y'all want to paint Davis as such a bad guy, but at the end of the day, when she need help, that's who's going to show up. I mean, he's still a bad guy. He's, he's I was about to say, does not make him a good husband at all. Yeah, he's a helpful bad guy. If he, <laughs> saves, if he, saves, her, if he saves her life, I'm going, he's a good guy. Well, I mean, it's that's what 911 is for. Yeah. That's what I was confused about. But, you know. <laughs> for me, Matt, I was wondering, I was wondering why, why Charlie was keeping this to herself so much. Um, yeah. You know, like, even to back you up, Shawnee, like, maybe Charlie wasn't looking at it like it was potentially Rona either. Maybe she Probably thought it was not. stress. You know, because she didn't really take any of the precautions. She has Vi over. She makes Mike a breakfast. These are all red flags for me. I'm looking at yeah. these uh, opportunities to spread COVID-19 if you have it. So, you know, maybe she wasn't even looking at it that way. And when she gets her, her help, however that comes, if Davis comes and takes her to the hospital or, or whatever, you know, this might be the first time she even considered coronavirus. I fully agree with that. I mean, I, it's clear that she didn't think it was Rona because, I mean, she would have, I think she would have moved differently if that's what, you know, if that was on her radar. Yep. Um, but, I mean, we're also looking at this from our 2021 context. And I think a lot of our understanding of symptoms of coronavirus or even just our susceptibility to it, a lot of us were thinking, you know, it couldn't be us. We won't get it. That's something that happens to other people. And just knowing like, oh, okay, if I, have, if I'm aching, you know, this might be, you know, a sign that something's going on or, yeah. you know, it's Charlie knowing that she's stressed, you know, oh, you know, I'm just having a little anxiety attack or something. Like she probably thought it was all of those different things until she'd been struggling all day long. And now she laying on the couch and can't breathe. And here we are. And our understanding was constantly evolving. Like, yep. I forgot yeah. that like a sore neck was like a symptom. Exactly. Like I, didn't, like, I forgot because, you know, it's constantly changing and yeah. learning. But y'all telling me y'all didn't think any time something was wrong with anybody, you, your first thought wasn't coronavirus? Because oh, for listen, me it was. I sneezed. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> do, do I have the coronavirus? Like, I hope not. Like, it can't take me out. Like, if anything happened, this was the healthiest year I'd ever had. No colds, no flus, none of that stuff. Like, especially people with little kids, right? You know, kids are germ factories. They take they go to school, pick up, pick up the plague, bring it home, give you the plague, and then you pass around the family and pass the plague off to other people. We didn't have none of that stuff this year, right? Because everybody was home for the most part, or the kids were home. So anytime I felt something like even a little bit off, though, my first assumption was that, oh my God, I hope this ain't COVID. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so even for even then, if anything was wrong, my first concern would be I need to go get checked out. <laughs> like I need to go make sure that I'm good. I need to go get a test 
or something because I'm concerned about the fact that I my my throat is sore. I'm, I'm <laughs> but she may not have had none of that. Like this, this, this typical she sore throat, the typical butter cough. and shea butters all over. She was. I'm she just was, saying the soreness piece. I can't rem. I don't know if that was something that was immediately associated with Rona more than like the coughing, the you know the sore throat. Those those were things that were typical. Sense of taste and smell. Yeah, loss of taste, loss of smell. But I can't tell you if I woke up sore after marching all day that I would immediately you know connect that with Rona. If you would have said the words to me, man, I woke up sore. I'd be like, do you have the virus? <laughs> what? No. Have and you I, gone I guess... to get checked out? Have you gone to get checked out? I think that's the reason why I kind of thought something other than the Rona, because I remember May, June, like I woke up and I could not, like, I couldn't turn my head like either direction. It was like really bad for like a couple of weeks. And I was using like salon pods and stuff on my neck. I did not have the virus, <laughs> but like, I didn't think, I, I, I didn't but you think didn't get tested. You didn't get tested to see that you didn't either though, did you? Mm, see, no, that's my I point. Didn't, I didn't associate, I didn't have any other, I mean, there were no other like, my neck is hurting. I'm not yeah. coughing. I don't have any, I can breathe fine. I don't have any type of other symptoms. So, I mean, I would think that because I'm sitting in a chair, sit, sitting in an uncomfortable chair all day, that's not meant for, you know, it's not an office chair. I don't know. I just thought other things, maybe I slept wrong. Maybe, maybe I need, maybe I'm stressed. Maybe I need to get up and walk around some. I don't know. All, all strong possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> I would just, I, I'd be remiss if I did not point out here at this moment. Coronavirus. It ain't real. <laughs> thought that was the time to share that oh, poetry man. by Panama Jackson and Cardi B. Oh, I was, about to, I was say. about to say we need to give credit where credit is TikTok. I'm, I'm jacking TikTok dances. Let's see. No. Oh man, I thought we were to get a performance. Darn, that little pause while you had hope. I... No. Darn. All right. Well. Okay. So yeah, I I thought now this is a very random. I thought that Aunt Vi was calling to check in on Charlie because she said it's Aunt Vi. Who is Layla? Vi knows everybody in St. Joe's. That could be any. She 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 might have. She it could be anybody. She just talk calling folks to check in on them. All right, now Aunt Vi, let's go on and mosey on over. Um, sis is sis is very much in everyone's parenting business this episode. Business <laughs> um, <Yes>, generally. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I think this just goes to show that you just cannot, you cannot take people's parenting advice to heart because they will say anything. Avad has said several, several things, things that conflict. <laughs> <laughs> people, people will run you ragged talking about the way that you parent your kids. And I think that Charlie handled it. I think that Charlie handled it great. And I think that Dollar handled it great. Girl, mind your business. I mean, in a nutshell. I mean, it's appreciated that you care and, and that you're offering this advice. But also, like, I got it. I don't really need or care for your particular input on this particular thing that I am doing in my household with my children. I think but that's she's very customary. I mean, yes. It, it, <laughs> it's it, it, like a matriarch type yeah. role. Yeah. Right. Who done raised everybody. Somebody off the street. Older women are always offering their, like, two cents on what you're doing with your parents. And you just got to sometimes just say okay and, and keep moving. Yeah. That's... That's fair. And, and Hollywood told her as much, too. Yeah. <laughs> Sit back. Sure keep it cute. That's not our business. <laughs> <It's> not. <laughs> I don't have the capacity to make you feel good about this, sis. Like, Do I need you to just relax. Yes. I don't think she saw that coming. Because that's not usually what Hollywood does. Like, he usually would be that person to 
pat by on the back and, you know, say, oh, don't worry about it. Oh, you, what do you say? I, I can't tell you how big your heart is. And like, he would usually yeah. take that role, but Hollywood just doesn't have the capacity to do that right now. And right. so in lieu of that, he just has to keep it funky with her. Like, sis, I, if these people don't want to take your advice, ain't nothing we can do about that. So what I need you to do is go make my plate. Mm. And, and take a seat. That was a good moment when he said that. Cute. I like that. I, of course you did. Yeah, of course you did. That was my favorite line of the whole episode. <laughs> Fix that plate, bring that beer, whatever you say. <laughs> no, I was like, yeah, now we're talking. Go, 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 okay. Go. <laughs> I think Bob was okay for giving the advice. I just think, you know, she can't take it personal when right. they don't take her advice. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, exactly. I think that uh, a life where no, you have no one in your life to tell you what they think, when you don't have an all vibe, you know, yeah. to, to hold up the mirror to you, that's not that's not the best life. So you want to have that person, but that person has to understand that yeah. you're the one making the decision. Right. So, you know, they can't just be like, oh, you didn't do what I said. Well, I'm out then. Right. You, know, you don't want that kind of person. But Vi is sometimes that person. But yeah. I so so she's come a long way. Don't, don't she's be trying to pull that card. Yeah. Don't don't be slapping back when I say um, we're not doing that. Don't be don't. That's it. Especially with uh, Ralph Angel and Blue, you know, in the right. in the earlier days, um, but I definitely tried to pull that card a few times. I enjoyed Hollywood's little speech, not not necessarily just the food part. Though yeah. I <laughs> thought that was a hell of a punctuation on. It's like you know because the one thing that Aunt Vi does really well is she's like incisive on the way that she says things, right? Like she she cuts right to the point. She gets there. Hollywood got right to the point. Mm -hmm. Like my man was like, and even the way he said it, I. I'm just sitting here trying to watch this game that I already know how it's going to, I already know the outcome of. Yeah, but I'm married to a woman who happens to be a tremendous cook. So I want you to know. He's still polite. He does. He still threw in a compliment. My beautiful wife who happens to be an amazing cook. I'm over here like, take notes. That's how, that's how you, that's how you make a statement. He said something like, very, I'm very grateful. I was like, I will slap. Slap you right across your bald head. Trying to be cute. <laughs> Listen, he landed it. He stuck the landing. I was I was very impressed. I was he like, did. there you go. That's that is well done. <laughs> right. Well done. All right. So yeah, I th I thought that was funny. So let's go ahead and discuss the scene with the officer. Hmm. Infuriating <laughs> to say the least. Like just the levels of disrespect from the mm, when Darla walked away to just the addressing, addressing blue, like the level of restraint that that you have to show because like you can't but i mean you can't really buck up i mean you can but he had his hand <laughs> on his gun like yeah, and, and for what so I'm gonna, I'm gonna start this off because i i actually wrote this in my notes when i was doing a recap but i i didn't mention it because i you know i felt like it was gonna come back up i wonder if this is gonna be breaking the fourth wall just so you know i wonder <laughs> if this was intentional on the part of the writers to kind of when the cop, when Darla walks away and the cop says, mm, like that antagonism right there was kind of the same thing that happened with Sandra Bland in the car. I don't know if y'all remember watching the video. And it wasn't the exact same way, but like the cop mm -hmm. wouldn't let it go. Like he, he, he basically like baited her into like talking back to him. Yeah. And I wonder if that was some kind of subconscious callback to that kind of being baited into seeing if you're going to react. Right. Because that's effectively what the police officer did. Right. He baited. Really? He was baiting Ralph Angel to see if he was going to do like asking him to do something. Yeah. As a civilian, you know, your hands are tied to an extent 
and you as the police officer are allegedly supposed to be here for some valid reason. So anything outside of whatever valid reason you think it is that you're, you know, having this, this communication with me, like, what is all the extra even for? Like, why are you actually here? And it's just, it runs completely contrary to the whole point of what police officers are supposed to be doing right, protect and serving. So what's all the extra commentary? What's all the antagonism about the condescension? It's it's just so frustrating. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean that that cop is clearly like full on racist. Like, yeah, because it's like this why? Is, this is not the situation where, you know, you could even make an, an argument that the cop came with any type of good intention. That's a complete right. abuse of power. This was a this was a bad dude that showed up to abuse his power. And that is completely, it's one of our biggest fears that one of those cops is going to show up where you are one day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the whole time I'm holding my breath because I'm just like, chill, Ra. Like, don't do nothing. Like, I'm like, yo, I want Blue to go with Darla. Darla, send Blue. Blue. That was my first thought, actually. Like, Blue should be leaving with with Darla. If Darla's leaving, Blue need to go. Take the care. Really? I wouldn't have wanted to leave, though. I don't know. That, too. I probably, if I was Darla, I might not have left. But I, I was mean, surprised, but I also, she was trying to get to the end. She was trying to get to the yeah, end. Yeah, I so well. end like, what, What's going to end this? Let me go get whatever we I, need to and end And I this. get why she did it. It's yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not sure what I would have done. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what I would have done. And I, I'm not sure that he actually received a call. Because who would call and say they were impeding traffic? But if he did, like you get there and you see that nobody's impeding traffic, and then you now somebody called somebody think somebody called call or you think he somebody just called? Sure, sure they did. Somebody called. <laughs> yeah, somebody, somebody called. I don't Karen. doubt that. Karen called. Yep. Yeah, but I mean that clearly wasn't the reason that he came because that wasn't what was happening when he showed up. So there's that. But I mean the level of autonomy that cops have you know, you would think would warrant a certain level of accountability, but it's just not there. And what is the recourse? Like if I'm, if I'm Ralph Angel and this cop just came and, you know, then traumatized my son over here, you know, then, you know, put us through all of this unnecessary tension and stress. What is my recourse now? You can I just have to ta- I complaint. just have to take that. But I mean, but then what? But that's not gonna happen. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like Nothing's my my sole thing that I'm just trying to live. I'm trying to make it out of this situation alive. If this cop wants to shoot me, what who who's gonna be held where's gonna be my justice? Where where who's gonna be held accountable for that? Nobody. Nobody. And in the powder keg of right after George Floyd, you know the police are the, the, the probably a little bit like on yeah, we're under attack. Mm-hmm. very much defensive like the black like, like so it was like oh this is this is these three these three people are attacking me personally like i'm called to do this they they're the anti they're the anti me right. right now and i know this this scene got clown relentlessly because of don't be a menace to south central drink your juice in the hood but that what happened to ralph angel is how dudes go back home like like traded in boys in the hood and start swinging at the air just ready to fight something, right? You just be mad, like you don't have yeah, nowhere to you don't have nowhere to outlet the emotions. Yeah. Right? You just you just they just where do you where do you take that? Like I've I I I've mentioned this before. Like I used to have a Dodge uh Magnum and I got pulled over so many times for absolutely no reason I in bet. that car. That, I mean it happened at like six AM, it happened at six PM, it happened at night, in the middle of the day, just whatever. And they would always be like, Oh yeah, we're you know, 
this car matches the description of a stolen of vehicle. I'm like, mm-hmm. it ain't this one. Like, it's, I, it's right. my information. And it was just, it was just, the, it was always so fresh. That's why I got rid of that car. But it'd be so frustrating because it's such a scary, like at six in the morning, it, it is scary mm-hmm. to be pulled over by like five police officers and you by yourself. There's no other cars on a row. And I remember that, I remember that happened to me one day before I had, before I was picking up my daughter to go to school. And I was like, so my, my, like my, all my, my like nerves were frazzled. Like I had to like literally sit for a minute and just like calm down. Cause I never, it's like the cars descended upon me. Like I literally was a murderer. Mm. Like one car pulled me over. Then all of a sudden police cars came out of nowhere. And I'm just like, this is it. (laughs) And there's a level of restraint that you as a civilian are expected to have, but the police officers who are trained with weapons, all this other stuff, they're the scariest people, you know, among us. So like, what are you, what are you scared of? Right. So let me ask the, um, the other parents on the panel, Shawnees and Panama, would y'all have had blue out there? No. Knowing that the permit had been turned down and Ralph Angel got the idea that, Hey, we're going to go out there anyway. No. Is that the move? No. Wait, hold on. It was on his property. They ain't, they ain't out yeah, they no didn't go down to, to where they were yeah, going to go, I guess. Their own property. It's not even that. It, it I, was I think, I, I think it's... No, it's, no. Ralph Angel was on his property. Yeah, he was. I, I didn't say he was on public property. He could in be public. seen in public. Right, he was oh, on could be driving down the street and see him. I wouldn't have That's done it I mean. for, for the reasons that I mentioned earlier. Like, I, I just don't feel like my, my, my kids need to be outside holding up a Black Lives Matter sign. Like, I just don't feel like that's something that they need to be doing right now. Like, I just yeah. don't feel like that's something they need to be doing right now. Why, why not, though? I mean, yeah. well, my, so, my son is Why eight. not let them learn? Why not let them experience that? He almost got shot, Corey. That's why. Let him experience that too. Why? So now, so now, because now it's real to him. Now that the conversation you had, no, no, the conversation they had, that's why I asked the parents. That's 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 look. Nah, the conversation they had, the conversation they had last week ain't real. It was an artificial, you know, hypothetical conversation. Now that conversation makes sense right now. Yeah, it's got to be real, especially at an age where you can't even process that in a in a way that makes sense or in a way that you know you're able to understand all the nuance and the context that goes along with it like that's a lot for a kid of blues age to to deal with at that yeah. time i would let think. Me say this too i um i would be more inclined to let my kids participate in a huge march with a bunch of kids that are all like protected whether it, there's a common goal and there's a ton of people involved in it than just me standing on the side of the road trying to ensure that my voice gets heard that way like i yeah. i don't know because you leave yourself open to that and that cop, right, by himself is one individual against y'all. You know what I mean? Like, a march is an organized mm-hmm. thing that there's all... Ralph Angel's decision to do that was more in defiance than it was about making yeah. a point to me. It was like, it is dumb that we have to ask permission for this. I should be able to do this. We're going to go do this. And you can that see was Darla was uncomfortable. And, and, I didn't, and I didn't like that either, Panama. I, I, don't, I don't feel like that's something that you should, that you should teach a child. Like, I... Th- because like rules i mean most rules and laws are dumb right but i'm not sure that i'm going to teach my child defiance in that way like since they said we can't do it let's go do it like you're not going to teach your kid it's about freedom of speech freedom of protest you don't want to teach them about that not in that way i will i mean look i'm obviously going to teach my kids and jabri i'm curious about what your answer is on that specifically as well that you asked us like i'm yeah. i'm obviously going to teach my kids to use their voice for good right right if you see something bad happening 
you do have an obligation to speak up about it. Like you should don't just let bad things happen without without doing the best that you can to make sure that like if you are able to and you're not going to end up killing yourself in the process like you you help out where you can yeah but there is a better way to do certain things there is a time and opportunity and a space for it right like i he's a child you know and they're not equipped with the same things that we are equipped with in terms of how to handle these things right like that's why he had to apologize to Blue after it was over. Like, you know, he's sitting there hugging his child, who he's traumatized now because right. this, the, 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 the police officer has his hand on the gun and Blue is staring at it. You know, Blue, Blue is now face to face with a police officer who probably in school, Officer Friendly is showing up, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, police are your friends. And now he's literally watching this police officer antagonize his father and he's smart enough to see it and get it. And he can see, you know, a tense situation when you're in one. He's holding on to his father. You know, he's like holding on for dear life. That ain't exactly where you want a kid to be. That's not a good space for a child to be in, in my opinion. So the outcome um, uh, is a reason that they shouldn't even try to. Um, well, you consider get the, those outcomes. When, before yeah, the outcome was not unforeseeable. Yeah. That was quite foreseeable. Damn, they expected where they are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's for be sure. Real. Like they, there's, I feel much more comfortable going out and protesting here in D.C. than I would in other places because I know I'm around my people with people that look like me with the same car. Like there's I'm not saying I wouldn't do it in Jackson, Mississippi or anything like that. I would. But I feel more comfortable here because I know I, I feel like I'm around a bunch of my people in my community in a way that's much more um, protecting and safe. Like it, it just feels different. You know what I'm saying? That. Going out by myself with my kid, my kid and my wife, specifically to make a point, is not something you can't say. I don't see the police showing up. You can't say it. in Louisiana. And I think when you have kids, you consider you consider, especially with little kids, when you got to put them in car seats and stuff right. like that. You always got your head on a swivel. So if I can avoid situations like like you know what I mean, I'm I'm going to do whatever I can to try to minimize the opportunity for bad things to happen to me and my kids. So that's not something that I would have done. We talked about the kids march they had in 1963. Did any of those kids experience any lifetime trauma that prevented them from being functioning Several were adults? Arrested and Did they experience any lifetime trauma well, that we, prevented we don't, them? We don't know that. So, so, some of I those mean, kids turned the out to be probably yes. No, some, <laughs> some some of those kids are now the congressmen or people who civil rights leaders who if actually ended up changing things. We don't know if they were traumatized. On, we don't know if any of them got elected to office. We have no I, idea what happened to any nah, of those children. They, but, that, they was talking about that in one of those documentaries also, that was on Netflix. Um, some somebody Listen, famous I, was one I, of those kids. I'm sure kids. that this probably did have a, a lasting impact in a positive way on some kids that were out there. I I don't I don't doubt that. What I am okay. saying is that that was also like I said, it was a whole march that was created that was that was more structured and organized, and it went it went off the rails, right? Mm-hmm. That that went off the rails. Like, and is it is it worth it to make your kid a guinea pig to find out the hard way that it goes off the rails in a bad way? Like, is it worth? Like, Absolutely not. Is is no. the positive? Does the positive of what your kid could be? outweigh the negative of how far bad it can go no and that's the question you have to ask yourself as a parent right like if i go do if i take blue out there then yes blue can experience protesting and speaking his voice best case scenario we go back home the same way we went out there and nothing happens best case scenario worst case scenario is way worse than the best case scenario you in terms the, of lasting but there's, there's always a, a a worst case scenario that could always end pretty bad whenever you're doing anything of that level 
that sounds real great, Corey, but like your priorities change when you have children. Like, agree. It's I've literally been to a march with you and your kids. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Don't get on here and be hypocritical. I went to the Million Man, the whatever, Million Man March, yeah, march with you that. and your kids. Yeah. All right. So now speak. The, now speak again. That's super peaceful. That type of thing to get his feet wet and get the experience of being out there with positive black people. We, you know, listen to some speeches. But you know, you know those that wasn't things, the same those thing. Those types of things can escalate, right? So that was a chance. There was a chance when you went out there that day with your sons that things could have escalated. But you went. The atmosphere was different. I feel yeah. like, you know, that was a different type of thing. The Million Man March was not Black Lives Matter protests. Like, right. there wasn't right. constant clash with the police. They didn't feel like uh, the Million Man March was in, in direct defiance of the right. police. Like, the way police read Black Lives Matter is f the police like it's it's the same word to them it's the it's the same phrase to them yeah so like when the guy showed up and was like you blm flag twirlers or whatever he said mm-hmm. i mean he took it personally right he was ready that cop was ready he was looking sure. for the reason mm-hmm. that march we went to we were standing there for hours listening to somebody talk like we weren't we weren't we but, were it was an entirely different environment i i, I definitely agree with that but I, i'm Saying in any time you go to anything like that, there's a chance that things could escalate and could go left, right? But you you don't say, well, this could end up in the worst case scenario, so I don't even introduce my kids to it. Like you don't, I don't think you take that approach. But the chances are equal. I'm scared. It's not an equal thing. You weigh you weigh the options though. It's completely different when it's you, your your wife, and your child who are deciding to take a stand by yourself on the side of a road versus going to a march that was attended by hundreds of thousands of people where it was intended to be peaceful like the whole point of that was a celebration of blackness like black maleness like it was it was a celebr it was a celebratory thing the protests were literally in direct response to the deaths of black people due to state violence right like that that already has a that's a charged environment whether you want it to be or not so i think it's going to be different in terms of the way that i'm viewing where I'm taking my kid. Would I take my would I take my my boys to the Million Man March? I would. They'd be surrounded by their uncles and my like the the family that I've chosen who is going to make sure that they're going to protect it because at that same day you wouldn't not you would not have let anything happen to Debris son either, right? We all no, would have been there making sure that we are good. We can't control it if one cop shows up who's trigger happy and just looking for a reason to pop off because he already feels antagonized by all these rabble rousers who are making a big deal out of something. Like, it's just a completely different situation. Yeah, I can see the difference there. Good. I agree. Yeah. And I don't have anything else to add, you know, talking about answering, answering my own question. I mean, you guys hit all, all on the head. You know, it's like you don't want to put your kid in danger. You try to avoid those things. You try to minimize it the best you can. And uh, I'm not sure Ralph Angel was thinking about that. It was a bit of an emotional response. Mm-hmm. You know, he was upset. He, You know, he was mad at the permit being pulled. He wanted to get out there anyway. And I think he might have, I don't know. He put Blue in harm's way. I mean, you know. He had to apologize to Blue for that, and that's real. And I'm not sure that he should have done that. Um, it's hard to criticize. It was a tough time. Emotions right. running high. But I think if he had to do it over again, he but wouldn't do it. I thought he kind of did it more so to impress Blue because it was kind of Blue's idea. I think there should have been a conversation about we can't do it this way. What are other ways that we can go make our voice be heard? that are going to be as effective and i don't know that this was it i don't i don't know that in the landing of what we should go do this would be where i would have landed personally like i would have done it and i'm with you like it's hard to criticize it 
But now you have now you have to have. So you've already had the con- You already had the talk with Blue, right? You already had the talk with him. That was we had a whole deep talk with Blue. Now you didn't show Blue the talk is real. So now 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 you didn't made it a real thing, right? So now you have to have another talk with him because Blue is probably over here traumatized. Like the cop that had his hand on a gun, like all these things. Like, I mean, it was just three days ago he got to talk. You ain't supposed to get front and center with it a couple of days after. You know what I'm saying? Right. You're supposed to have some time to let that marinate. Like it ain't supposed to be your life immediately. Like it's supposed to be a talk, not the action. So, you know, I think just the the amount of fixing they have to do on that end and you know darla gonna be pissed she should be man like, she should listen. be she's gonna be mad because she didn't want to do it anyway but ralph angel said i got this and you did and not famous last words did not have yeah. it if blue have had his daddy's back when ralph angel told blue to speak up and get back Bye. on this black lives matter so i'm saying you got to raise your son to be on have your back no matter what man, blue over here soft man i'll be i go ahead <laughs> Bye, let us move on <laughs> to the next. whenever i have a son I, I, when i say speak up he's gonna be like yes sir black this lives is on matter. record by the way <laughs> we'll come back to this <laughs> yes so okay um you know, and, and after that, I think the episode started to get into kind of the reflection. And I was really like enthralled by all the reflection. I was like, wow, I remember the, that, you know, I remember when, um, you know, uh, Ralph Angel and Darla were going through their custody battle with Blue. I remember when uh, Nova and Calvin, that first episode when he came about, I remember all of those things. Then I started thinking, you know, as as they were going through kind of the the vignette, why did Ralph throw that? Um, Ralph Angel throw that astronaut in the trash. It's a white man. It's white. It's a white hero. <laughs> it was? White no, heroes. it was no. It was his know. toys. He was throwing away his childhood. He was like, "Yeah, we gotta grow up. <laughs> can't be playing with no dolls anymore." We ain't about to have no white heroes in this house. We totally misread this series. All of us. It's a white man. So I mean, we were reminiscing about you know Kenya, and then all of a sudden, I see. I see the, the the astronaut that I, I've never seen the astronaut before. Was it an astronaut? <laughs> I didn't I think, think it was, was an astronaut. I thought it was a superhero. I thought he had a cape. It was like I a thought it was an astronaut. I thought it was that's an astronaut, astronaut with a cape. It was a and white astronaut. It was one of <laughs> That's I was fully on that. One. <laughs> I was like, yo, he's tossed away the white man. Like we like Ain't no only white black, only there. black heroes in here from here on out. White toys no more. Okay, yeah, yeah. No white saviors up in here. That's literally the first thing I thought of. I was like, you know what? I see where that can go. You know what? Y'all might be right. I did not take it that way. I thought it was just actually was throwing away childish things. I think you. I agree with you, Jabri. Now, but <laughs> I was fully on the, on the page. I think throwing away the toys is too heavy, though. They're like you throwing, oh, you throwing, you throwing away that. his childhood things. Like he just you didn't expose this man to police brutality, and then you gonna throw away his toys, right? Like, you, then you gonna get rid of his, his toy. That's what he was gonna talk to about it tonight before bed. He gonna talk to his little astronaut man about what happened to him. It's like this is where coping. Blue, you're a man now. We we put away our childish things. Yes. Time for you, like we no. That makes sense in connection with Kenya. Like okay, you know he was a kid. He had this doll. Like that was cute for a time, but now you know what you say. Put away childish things. Like yeah. you, 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 I'm upset. Give his toys back. We need an answer. We need to call. We need to call our good friends to yeah, the Anthony, what's good? <laughs> right. can't have an astronaut. I'm saying because he's a white man. He's a white astronaut. If that was uh, Ronald McNair, he'd been fine. Okay. Oh lord, <laughs> black astronaut. Well, you That's know, um, 
Okay, yeah. So we we kind of touched on Rona throughout the battle, sprinkled in. Um, y'all think that Charlie has the Rona? Um, that might be somebody's addiction. Um, what else? Yeah, I was actually wondering who might have. We talked about that. I think on the first or second episode, we predicted who we thought was going to have the Rona. You said you were writing them down. I I, I think I picked Charlie. I picked yeah. Charlie. I for I, sure. I did Charlie. write it down, but Man. it was in. I can't find the notebook. I wrote it down, but thankfully we recorded the episode. That's true. <laughs> the tapes. I don't. We got we got it on tape, so I think I I think we can find it there. So yeah, we talked. We, th- there was that, and then we touched on this briefly. I I would really be interested in reading Nova's story about TSA because I hadn't heard anything about that. So we also learned that that um, Vi is in fact doing takeout meals. So good for uh, good for them. Mm-hmm. Listen, I just hope nobody else got the Rona because Charlie didn't been hanging out with a whole bunch of people. She had mask off. But yeah, you know, I, I guess I guess we will find out soon. Not a whole bunch of people, just on Vi. Just on Vi and Micah, <laughs> so that's not a whole bunch of people. I mean, it's, but Micah it's, got on a plane. So. Yeah, Micah and Vi got a house. Look, if Prosper end up getting <laughs> get oh, Rona, because Vi was over at Charlie's, oh, and she went back to the Rona had a mask on. She had a mask I on. That. I'm just has Valentine's been back to work? What about our friends at the nursing home? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Well, well, I don't know. He's on vacation. He's, he's on, gonna say he's still uh, on his honeymoon. Wedding leave. On PTO. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Worst honeymoon ever. I mean, he just started working there. I don't know how soon you uh right. you are on vacation days. Accumulated. <laughs> he ain't got that job no more, y'all. He might he not. Be fired. <laughs> he didn't show up to work. You know fired. what? Because he sure was sitting out there in his good uh, cut off farm gear, his, his farm couture. <laughs> probably kept throwing away people's toys <laughs> all right guys all right, there's that. That. that that will wrap up the good the bad and the wrong they hear on bourbon and borderlands on the black plastic podcast network all right all right everybody welcome back to bourbon and borderlands on the black plastic podcast network we are back with our addictions. That's our advice and our predictions for the characters in St. Joe. I will go ahead and kick us off because I think we've already talked about it a bit already. But my advice um, is for all the border loans and associates. Everybody should go get tested immediately because you have definitely been exposed. Um, so I just need everybody to find out their status and, and just move accordingly uh, from, then, from then on. My prediction actually has to do with Darla Blue and Ralph Angel. I feel like after this incident, this latest incident, this run-in with the police that Blue has had, and in the context of Blue's, um, you know, now that we know that he's the genius, I think that Darla is going to be more gung-ho and more supportive of him potentially coming to D.C. um, to attend school out of state just to be in a different situation at one point in the episode she mentioned that blue's world has to be better than this in all ways and so that to me when she said in all ways i looked at that you know as beyond you know just the criminal justice stuff but like you know the education piece they just their access to stuff resources just wanting blue to have the best and i think that darla at this point will be you know ready to at least more uh, amenable to send him blue somewhere else for school just to get him out of, you know, all of the, the shenanigans of St. Joe. So we shall see. So that's my okay. addiction. All right, okay. Panama, 
I'm going to kick it to you next. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good and ready. So uh, my advice is for Ralph Angel. Stop throwing away Blue's damn, Blue's damn toys. Like, <laughs> listen, let that boy be a boy. If Jabri is right, then that means he's trying to throw away his childhood, and that's messed up. Now, if you are throwing <laughs> away the white man, to get and you're going to go get some black astronaut toys, then that's different. If you are replacing, if you if you did that and then you hopped on Amazon Prime and decided you was going to have something shipped over immediately, because remember they showed that scene where, where Ralph Angel got the wrong doll and he was like, bitch, she had a birthmark. And yes. I put it there myself. And he's going to be like, but that was my thing. And he was white when I had him. It's like, but we, we do black dolls now. I'm okay with that. Unless he threw away his childhood. So my advice is, Ralph Angel, stop throwing away toys unless you're going to replace them with black toys. I like uh, it. Now, my prediction is that Micah done caught the Rona and it took him mm-hmm. to Minnesota and he's going to be out there spreading it while he's protesting and sharing his views to the world. Now, I hope that ain't the case. But they, I mean, he, listen, they live together. The mm-hmm. likelihood of Micah contracting the same thing that Charlie has, assuming that she actually does have COVID. Mm-hmm. And given the way this is going, it seems like that would be likely. Then Micah probably has it too. And uh, I hope he's I hope he's properly quarantining up there in Minnesota when he starts having his aches and pains too. Micah probably gave it to her high key out here running the streets, but he was just asymptomatic. He was just asymptomatic, as Word. these young folks tend to be. So because he went to that party. Yep, there there several go, autumn and drives he was taking. Amber gave so, it to him. Playing around with Amber. Yep. Yeah. Jabri. My evictions are, are Ralph Angel and Blue Centric. My advice is for Ralph Angel, you know, like like I touched on, like Panama said, let Blue be a kid. Don't throw away his toys. Don't throw away his childish things. Let him be Blue. Let him be the the boy genius that's full of wonder. Don't have him, you know, um, carrying that weight on his shoulders. That, and that leads me directly into my prediction. Which is that Blue's going to have problems getting over this. This is going to be traumatic for yeah, Blue. Like Blue, he might go to like go to one of those dark places where like, nothing matters because when I grow up, the police are going to kill me, or maybe before mm. then. You know, I, I think he's going to have trouble getting through that, and it's not really surprising. You know, I mean that was that was pretty bad. I mean, think of yeah. ten years old, almost saw his dad killed by a cop, pretty much. After seeing on TV for a week or so that that's what happens. So he yeah. was definitely fully expecting at, at some point that his dad wouldn't go make it home. So I think Blue's going to have some problems with that. And uh, we're going to see, um, you know, what that does to him, you know, going forward. I didn't consider the potential for Blue to kind of like, you know, shut down and backtrack as a result of, you know, what he's experienced. That's interesting. I could see that. Corey, you know, you look like you got something on your chest. So um, I'm going to just let well, you let it out. <laughs> well, my advice for Ralph Angel is the exact opposite of Panama and Jabriz. <laughs> you know, it's time to toughen blue up, bro. Like the time is now. We It's time to uh, more from, you know, being a kid to being a young man. And it's time to, you know, toughen him up and get him prepared for, for this real world. Like he sees it now. You talk to him about it. Now he's seen that the talk, you know, there's, there's facts and and, and evidence uh, to support your claims in the talk. And, you know, it's time to prepare this young man for being a tougher, tougher young man. Way, you should have threw all them toys away. Go find the, the little girl doll, throw that away too. That should have been gone. 
Yeah, t- let's toughen a little kid up. Let's get him out there, uh, you know, playing some sports or something. Do something to him. But yeah, toughen blew up. So, at what point for you are, are toys no longer appropriate? Uh, I stopped playing with toys at like age six or seven. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't watch cartoons um, after the age probably six, and I stopped playing with toys around that time as well. <laughs> Very you know, interesting. It's time to, it's time to be a young so- man. That's yeah, where he's context. Y'all said he a genius. He ought to be <laughs> mentally able to handle this. I mean, look, is he a genius or not? All right. So That's cool. not, I don't know that that necessarily correlates, but okay. All right. That, that's that. Thank now, you. My, <laughs> Thank you. Okay. My, my prediction is Charlie's about to get back with Davis. You know, my boy, mm. he's going to come and, you know, come in and say the day. Um, and, and she's going to realize how much she needs someone in her life who has her back um, during these, you know, tough times. And, you know, her, because her and Davis seemed cool when they was hanging out at Micah's little thing a couple weeks ago. Like they were cordial, having a good time. And I think she's going to realize she needs uh, someone else, someone back in her corner. And Davis is going to be back in the picture. I see that coming. It's my prediction. You know, I won't totally refute that. So. I think it's in the realm of possibility. So there. Davis is definitely going to make things worse. <laughs> I think that's also. <laughs> you think he's learned scope. from his mistakes, dude. He's not going to be repeating the same mistakes. I think that's also mistakes. in the scope, for sure. No. I didn't go to the hospital. Why don't we just go to my house first? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. All right, Shani. later at home. Oh, man. Okay. Please. Okay. It's totally possible. All right. So my advice is, you know, I'm, I'm still shaken by that scene where, where Ralph Angel just I feel like he just, I don't know, the, he just didn't make a good decision when it came to the to the welfare of his family. I feel like Darla, and, and there's, a, there's when you're parenting, you cannot just make decisions in front of the child. And I'm not going to argue with you in front of the child. Like, uh-huh. don't just be saying stuff and then I can't, uh, and I got to look at you and you just say, no, nah, that's what it is. Like, that's not how this works. Uh-huh. So I feel like Darla, there needs to be a conversation. Like, you cannot keep doing this like from from the talk when when Ralph Angel decided that it was time, he decided on his own uh-huh. that it was time there was not a conversation about when we would have this conversation with Blue he, Ralph Angel just decided to bring it on up then he also decided to like expose let, let's let's do the process around like let, let's let's reel it back let's bring it on in and let's start say Ralph Angel's social justice more- meter is off <laughs> I mean, not even just that, but it's like we're partners. Like it's we can't just be making decisions. And and while I'm sitting here, because I'm not gonna, like, of course, I don't want to argue with you and undermine, you know, it, what you're doing in front of blue, in front of blue, because that that's not cool either. But like, you, you don't know that I agree, going, right? You're not just gonna keep saying stuff and, and making it it is what it is because you said so. Like we're not gonna keep. There needs to be a conversation. So okay. Darla, Buck up a little bit, sis. Um, maybe not buck up, but you know, pull them to the side. There needs to be a discussion. Okay. Um, no, actually, she needs to so, stay submissive, but continue. Sit back, Corey. Now, Shanice. If you would like to go there. <laughs> oh boy. No, we we don't have time. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm gonna I'm keep the bow moving. We don't even have we. That could be another moving. episode. We should just do an episode just letting Corey throw out topics and we just refute them all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know what? For the sake of time, I'm going to go ahead and keep the boat moving. Okay. Um, predictions. I, you know, what Corey said, I do not 100% think that that is false. I don't think that they'll become, I don't think they're going to get back together, but I definitely think there's some quarantine 
um <laughs> quarantine. <laughs> yep. Quarantine possibilities. You know, I mean yeah. why, why not? Why it get lonely, not? it get lonely during that quarantine. It does. <laughs> Listen, I don't lonely. see the problem. I don't see the problem with, with having a quarantine with your ex-husband. But quarantine and bye. You know, hey, I say a lot of people I feel like could probably relate, you know, just go back to the old work, you know, don't call me (laughs) having needs. So you can stay here here for a week. Don't call me after this. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So, so a a Davis Charlie quarantine is is your prediction. Okay. Yeah. I don't see a problem with that. All right. I, 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 I might be supportive of that as well. Okay. Well, that wraps up the addictions. It is now time for our ceremonial shots of bourbon for who we think had the best week. Does anybody, okay, (laughs) does anybody have any, any thoughts? Because listen, after this, (laughs) after this conversation, the person I actually feel like I'm about to give a shot to is Davis because I'm sure that call from Charlie <laughs> was the <laughs> highlight. Yeah, my man was like, I'm in there. <laughs> night his whole quarantine. Like, I'm, back in. <laughs> I'm coming home. Like, I fully feel like Davis was more than happy to receive the call from Charlie. So, yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to go ahead and do that. Um, I'm going to give my shot to Davis. Whoever he's quarantining with now is getting kicked out. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yes. <laughs> Priorities. Priorities. Well, I can go next because uh, I'll give my shot to the exact same person. <laughs> my man, Davis. You know, at the beginning of the season, I think in our first episode, I wanted two people to come back. And that was Jimmy Dale and Davis. And now we got one of them back. Um, so I was happy about it. I'm halfway to uh, my wishes. As soon as Jimmy Dale get back, I'm going to be super excited. But yeah, Davis, he definitely had the best week. My man's back. All the way. <laughs> I don't care what y'all say. He's all the way back in, Davis. All right, <laughs> I can't believe this happening. We have two for Davis. Anybody well, want to go next? I almost gave my shot to Calvin because wasn't even an episode. Because <laughs> he got win, to be there without being there. Addition by subtraction. You know, uh, but I really like the week for Prosper. In all seriousness. Okay. I think that um he um he found a way to to pick his spots. He's definitely happier than he was when he was That's all true. by himself. Um, you know, he was kicking it with Hollywood watching the game. He knew when to excuse himself. He sure like, did. Y'all got something to talk about. I'm gonna go ahead and dip out. He was very good. Uh he I thought he was spot on with the with the uh advice to Hollywood. Hey, you know, Vi's gotta be happy or you're not gonna be happy. I mean, it's it's an old rule, but I mean it's pretty true. And um, so he's healthier, happier, making himself a, a, a um, what you call it, an asset to the family, you know, mm-hmm. an asset to the household. And uh, so my shot is for Mr. Prosper. That's more than fair, Jabri. I, I support that. I'd like to go next. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's Panama. Number three. Let's it's go. all you. I literally cannot believe I'm going to do this, but <laughs> Janae was absolutely right. They are right. Davis had the best week this week. He got he got the he got the COVID call because call. nobody else was available. Mm. And that was literally the probably the best thing that could have happened for him. <laughs> My man literally had the best week on the show because it was a lot of not great. Yeah. And uh I can't believe I just did that. 
Davis Same. freaking West is going to actually win a shot of bourbon yes. <laughs> on this. Oh, man. Wow. Okay. Well, Shawnee's just for, you I know. Mean, let's go. Keep it going. <laughs> okay. Let's go. go. Let's, go. <laughs> let's keep it going. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, look, I, I, told I don't see the problem. <laughs> hates the us. Whole <laughs> episode he wasn't even on. <laughs> He was. Name was there. I mean, Calvin wasn't there. Either. Yeah, yeah, Calvin. <laughs> Calvin was there in blurry at the gas station in the background. Like he was. You know, he was is uh, disgusted with all of us, but here we are. Okay. Well, we did it. Four to one. Our shot is going to Davis West. Clink, clink. Clink, glasses. <laughs> wow. Well, I did not see that coming at all when we started. Literally, this not until it was happening. Yes, it's, it, it was it's the like, happening. are we doing this? Are we? Yeah, this is wow. And um, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna wrap up this episode <laughs> of uh, Bourbon and Bordelones. Our discussion of episode seven, June one, twenty twenty. Yeah, it's quite an episode. It went it went a lot of interesting places, and it was it was it was a good talk. I think we had some really good conversations here. So. Good talk, uh, good talk. Yeah, on behalf of myself, Jabri, Corey, Shawnee, and Janae, uh, one, two, three. Take, take, take flight. flight. <laughs> Jabri. Yours was extra whispery. This podcast my heart will always hold a place for you. Your touch helps me find peace. Let's each I'll give my last peace to you. That's how you know it's real. Willing to grow.